0: Hello, my name is Daniel Nenny, founder of SemiWiki, the open forum for semiconductor professionals. Welcome to the Semiconductor Insiders podcast series. If you have a topic you'd like us to cover, please post it on semiwiki.com and we'll get right to it. My guest today is Paul Wells. Paul has worked in the semiconductor industry for over 25 years. His experience includes director of engineering for Pace Networks, where he led a product development team creating broadcast quality video and data silicon. He worked for Genic Limited as a VP of operations, uh, successfully building the team from scratch as the company transitioned to a Fabless model. Uh, Prior to that, he was responsible for the engineering team itself. Paul also led a team for Fujitsu Microelectronics, supporting ASIC customers in Europe and Israel. Welcome back to the podcast, Paul.
1: Hi, Dan, Good good to be here again.
0: Great. So Paul, you've just announced that you have pushed the envelope for SRAM yet again so it can now operate at below 0.5 volts um can you tell us a little bit about that and tell us why it's important
1: yeah sure i mean we've been talking to a lot of customers over the years and uh as i've already discussed with your listeners before you know we are world leaders in delivering memories that can operate down at close to the bit cell retention voltage. We now have customers who are wanting to push that envelope even further, Uh, particularly for uh, Edge AI is becoming a very critical application area where cutting power is really important. And the reason for that is these devices have to integrate a lot of memory. So they're trying to cut the power as as low as they can. And of course, one of the key ways of doing that is cutting the operating voltage. Normally, however, SRAM won't play at these low voltages. So what we've done is we've provided our leading power miser technology, which delivers 50% plus dynamic power savings, um, we've tweaked the architecture so that it can interface to the logic at uh, whatever voltage the customer is running the voltage running the logic at, in order to be able to uh, deliver these low power savings, and that's that's worked very well. We have two customers now who are who are using this product very successfully.
0: Great. So how have you done this? Can you provide us a little more details?
1: Yeah, sure. So uh, essentially what we're doing is uh, we're using a dual rail type architecture with the memory. Um, Of course, the bit cells themselves can't operate below the the retention voltage. That is the absolute minimum that can, uh, uh, where they will retain data. So you you are constrained by that however what we've taken advantage of is that customers who are building these very low voltage low power systems they have to have an on-chip ldo so consequently it's relatively easy for them to generate the two rails for the sram one for the storage array and one for the periphery of the memory which which obviously interfaces to the logic at this low voltage now what we've done is we've said to the customer if you can guarantee a minimal differential between those two voltages then we don't need to engineer the memory internally to cope with potential problems uh, what people normally do is they normally have level shifters between the memory periphery and the uh, the, the uh, storage array um, but the problem with putting those level shifters in they're very very uh, power power expensive and area expensive as well so that's really the innovation with PowerMizer. we're really kind of working with the customers understanding their system needs and delivering an architect an sram with an architectural solution which, which exploits the way the customers work
0: okay yeah i understand so paul let's just go back a minute why would customers not want to use standard sram i mean how much savings can you provide
1: Well, the the standard power miser will deliver somewhere between 30 to 60 percent dynamic power savings and in a computationally intensive application like AI, as you can imagine, that's huge. What we've done here is we've actually been able to craft the periphery of the SRAM to be able to operate in tandem with the logic at at the lower voltage customers are exploiting more and more advanced nodes so we've delivered this solution so far in 16 and also in 12 now 16 and 12 as most uh, of your listeners will know will Quite happily operate at uh, yeah, one gig north of one gig if not getting onto two gigahertz. however, for edge AI devices, they probably only need to operate around four to five hundred megahertz. so for those technologies that's, uh, that's, that's quite an easy, uh, quite an easy thing to achieve. so what you can do is you can exploit the power of the technology. Or the intrinsic speed of the technology and you can wind the voltage down to a certain level until you hit that kind of sweet spot in terms of the performance you're trying to achieve and that's exactly the uh the voltage that the logic operates at and then we tune the periphery of the sram to be able to exploit that uh that operating uh frequency also so that the memory will work in tandem with the logic
0: oh, yeah i understood so, what is the driver for this new power miser plus solution that you announced and why now
1: yeah that's a good question i guess really what's happened is that people are finally waking up to the fact that if you want to provide a differentiated solution in the marketplace then you're going to have to do something about power uh you know we've been we've been banging on about low power memory in shore core now for for over 10 years and what people have done in terms of crafting low power solutions is they've kind of they've done everything else that they could in terms of some cases lowering the operating voltage a bit. Dynamic voltage and frequency scaling, of course, has been a very popular solution in order to manage the power. But the one thing that people haven't been able to do really is get low power memories off the shelf. I mean, there are, there are a few companies who talk about this, but really it's only SureCore who can really provide the substantial savings that people need and if companies are serious about saving power and really eking out these long battery lives particularly as I said for edge AI applications but also for uh, key markets such as hearing aids for example which are hearing aids now are getting smarter and smarter we're seeing companies put Uh, machine learning cores into hearing aids, which enable them to uh, be able to process, dynamically process uh, uh, noise, to be able to recognize things like sirens and babies crying and this kind of thing. So that all needs fairly heavy duty AI to be able to do that so you really want to be able to cut the power consumption of these computationally intensive cores and you, you can no longer afford to just ignore the memory you, you can't just take the off-the-shelf memory from one of the uh, one of the major suppliers uh without thinking Um, unless you have some other solution to to cut power so we're seeing customers coming to us and saying can you deliver a memory with this kind of power envelope with these this kind of operating uh, uh, credentials so um, we're still talking to customers i guess on a on a custom basis but what we're what we're able to do really is is spin out those those kind of uh, uh, specials if you like those custom solutions into more general purpose ip and uh not only are we seeing customers needing crafted solutions for their applications we're also uh now getting more and more people coming and saying well great if it's off the shelf then uh, you know i'll uh, i'll take the compiler from you which is uh you know which has been great for our business
0: so can you provide a little bit more color on how this will help customers
1: yeah i mean for customers it means that they're not backed into a corner with regards to their uh, their their own solutions. So I'll give you an example. Um, one of our customers has been developing, as I say, this advanced hearing aid. And if they want to be able to have the uh, the machine learning active for the whole day, then uh, there's no way they could do that without uh, without short course solution because the power consumption would have been too great. By using the SureCore low power solution, they were able to get a full day's worth of machine learning capability, which means, of course, to the end user, to the person actually using the hearing aid, means that uh, you know they don't have to go through the day, or part of the day, without the capability uh, to to be able to cancel out extraneous noise and to be able to have the the capability to have dynamic pass through for for important things, as I said before. So yeah, it makes a real difference to the end application. Yeah, battery life is so critical for these uh, for these applications, as I said before.
0: So I understand the hearing aids and the AI. That's interesting. What other markets are you focused on with this uh, technology?
1: uh we're also talking to uh customers in the uh the medical space um i guess you could say that hearing aids are are medical but uh you know we're 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 starting to talk to people in the uh, pacemaker space for example we've we've got a potential u.s customer there with just very early days at this point in time but that's another area as you can imagine which where power is absolutely critical um we've also got a customer in the uh, the earbud space again which is more more consumer oriented yeah i think i think they're the main markets really down that we're we're dealing with at the moment um i think we already discussed before in a previous podcast about the uh the smartwatch where we've successfully uh worked with the uh, the number four smartwatch supplier in the world with our everon memory which has enabled them to dramatically extend their battery life
0: Oh, very nice. So, you've been talking about low power SRAM for many years. Has the need for it now become more critical, more apparent?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely, it has, yes. Um, I think the problem we face, really, or the industry basis, is one of a kind of inher- inherent conservatism, uh, which is quite understandable, really, because designing chips is a very expensive game. So, um, the the main suppliers you know you can buy your SRAM or rather get your SRAM from the foundry or from one of the major IP vendors and the risks in doing so are relatively small because they can point to many years of production data to indicate the uh, uh, you know justify the yields so it's quite a low risk situation however we're getting to that crunch time now where power is so important for some of these applications that the customer really has to you know, they can leave no stone unturned when they're looking to cut their to meet their power budget, should I say. And that means that SRAM or register files or, or any of the other memory solutions that we offer, they have to look at that in the context of the whole system budget, system power budget, and then say, Well, what can we do about that? And The reality is that uh, there there aren't many people out there who are addressing this problem. And we certainly have a, a lead in this space. We have silicon proven technology that has demonstrated very significant dynamic power savings. And also we're one of the few, if not the only company who successfully demonstrated very low voltage memory operation. So those two things between them, and that's where the new Miser Plus architecture comes in, really kind of ticks those two boxes for customers. Uh, and that's why we're seeing more and more interest in our technology.
0: Great. Uh, well, you're definitely, I think, the only, if not, well, the most successful uh, low power SRAM company, for sure, in my experience. Um, so, what's coming up next? What's in the future? Uh, can you push the power down even further? Uh,
1: that's, a, that's a good question. I mean, some of the things that are happening in the marketplace, obviously the foundries are, are, are always looking into this and the foundries are being pushed very heavily. Um, as you move down to the advanced nodes, then the, the leakage numbers tend to get worse, of course, as we all know. So the foundries are looking to cut leakage and uh, there are uh, some new bit cells out there with better leakage profiles. Um, so. I think that is probably the next area that people are going to really start to focus on people want it people want to exploit the seven nanometer and the five nanometer nodes for some of these applications uh, and that really means being able to address not just the dynamic power but also the leakage so there's 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 work to be done with the foundries uh, there's work to be done at the system levels in order c- to control the uh, the power down situation, in order to be able to extend battery battery life, etc. So there's there's a whole kind of uh, uh, kind of ecosystem that needs to look at this and how we and how we can manage that uh, those, those power budgets uh, in conjunction with those three items.
0: Right. So how do you engage with customers to deploy this technology?
1: Uh, That's a good question. Um, Customers come to us having kind of looked at what's available off the shelf, and they realize they're not going to be able to hit their power budget, which means they're not really going to be able to hit their, their battery life targets. And they start asking us questions about our technology, about how our technology can deliver the low power. And usually we start out by providing them with details of our own analyses of the foundry bit cell which will kind of gives them an in- inkling as to uh, as to what can be achieved in terms of cutting operating voltages target target performance and uh, and how uh, and how we can deliver potentially deliver a solution to meet their requirements we then talk to them about what their are operating operating frequency requirements are and yeah sometimes some customers will have quite unrealistic expectations you know if they want to operate at uh, a gigahertz and they've dropped the voltage down to 0.5 volts then uh, yeah you know the customer's not really done their homework to be honest but Fortunately, fortunately, most customers are more smart are smarter than that. So we talk to them about, you know, where are the trade-offs? What what size what size memory are you going to need? Are you going to need use lots of lots of medium-sized memories or just one larger memory? We have some customers who want to go for some very large memory blocks uh which we advise against because the bigger the memory block as you can imagine the the longer the bit lines the longer the word lines in the memory and that means you need bigger drivers again which can consume a lot of power so for example our compilers typically will only go up to half a megabit in size which some customers find surprising but it's it's relatively easy for us to uh you know show the customer the logic as to, as to why we're we're making those uh, those um uh, adjustments or, or accommodations should i say in order to save power so once we've kind of gone through the uh, the discussion with the customer in terms of their their requirements for their end application we'll we'll end up agreeing what the target operating voltage requirements are what the worst case operating frequency needs are and then starting from uh, one of our uh, tried and trusted architectures we will we'll tune that accordingly and we will then provide the customer with obviously all the different eda views they need and usually we also provide them with a, a very detailed statistical analysis report which will uh, uh demonstrate that they will uh, they will get uh, they will get good yields from the memory and you know usually at that point in time then the customer is uh, is pretty much bought into the solution and uh yeah we we you know we get uh, we, we're seeing repeat business now as a result of that kind of high level of customer service
0: great so paul you know as a former srm person myself i have a huge respect for what you're doing and and i really enjoy working with you guys and congratulations on your success with this and i, I look forward to you know our continued discussions here
1: thanks a lot dan it was uh, it was great to talk to you again and uh yeah Um, Hopefully we can do this again sometime.
0: That concludes our podcast. Thank you all for listening and have a great day.